millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Here's the machine shop. Where they're doing, if you can't really see, I got other pictures, but these guys are making miniatures of everything. All the little craft, the little uh, modules. Here's like a, um, they call it a projection sphere. They had this big ball. Now, this is like a track for some reason next to this curved screen. And again, it doesn't even make any sense that you would think, oh, that's because they're, um, and then they've got these guys painting it in, in painstakingly, in painstaking detail, right? They're painting exact replica and here's the track coming around here mm-hmm. so you could basically put a cart with a camera on it and emulate the orbit of these crafts on the moon why else would you do that i mean it just doesn't make sense to me hey friends sean from sgt report here thanks so much for tuning in look i gotta tell you we've got a bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine we've got a puppet pretend president and a banking system that's literally on the verge of collapse if you're like me at all sometimes you could just use a break So today we're doing just that, and we're talking about Woo, the NASA one-hour lies, disappointments, and comedy hour with my friends, Grosin and Jaron from Jaronism. Before we start this one, just a quick word about our sponsor. We're technically at war and in a recession. Two things the government doesn't want you to know, but it's only a matter of time until the cracks start to show, and you know who's going to get hit the most? You. That's why you need to protect yourself and your family, because things are going to get worse before they get better. Fortunately, Noble Gold Investments is here to help you. There's always a risk of investment and no guarantee of any kind, so do your own due diligence. But you've worked too hard to build up your savings and investments to see it all crumble. Gold and silver from Noble Gold Investments are real possessions in times like these. Knowing you're outside the system, if and when it crashes, is a great feeling. And a surefire way to keep your money safe for your retirement is a precious metals IRA. Noble Gold Investments has been helping people just like you to keep their money safe for years with these IRAs. And this month, Noble Gold is giving away a Gold Eagle Bullion coin with every qualifying IRA of $50,000 or higher. Make sure you don't get trampled. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, thanks so much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report, thephaser.com, and of course, thelibertymill.com. Join us as we discuss more woo. My friend Grosin and Jaron from Jaronism are on the line. Welcome to the one-hour NASA Comedy Lies and Disappointments Hour, friends. First, I'll welcome my guests. Jaron, welcome back, sir. Thank you very much. It's uh, awesome to be here. Pleasure to have you, my friend. And 
You've just met my other friend, Grosin, who let's just say Grosin does some really helpful things for SGT Report behind the scenes. He's a real brainiac. That is for sure. Grosin, welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm honored to be on. Thanks for coming on, my friend. I love that lunar lander just over your left shoulder. Now, yeah. let's just talk a little bit about that. In fact, let me just do a screen share here, guys. When I go to YouTube now and I type in NASA lunar lander, well, you know what I get? I get a lot of the propaganda about the new Artemis lunar lander. Perhaps we'll talk about that. But, Jaron, you do a great job with your weekly NASA comedy hour over on your site there on YouTube, Jaronism. Yep. People should subscribe. Tell us about that. How do you come up with an hour per week? You just watching uh, NASA uh, videos and tearing them apart or what? Yeah, and it, it's actually usually longer, a lot longer than an hour. But it, there's so much hilarity. And I, you, you notice that the, the newer stuff is getting harder and harder to tell that it's fake, right? I mean, we're getting to the point now where the CGI graphics are basically, you know, real life. They look as good as real life. But if you go back to the 70s, 80s, Space Lab and that kind of stuff, uh, the, the fakery is obvious. And so it's easy to go back and watch some of these old films, these old spacewalks, and just to make fun of them. I mean, what NASA does is a joke. Uh, they, you know, I was just looking at all these movie posters. Have you ever seen all the movie posters that they put out for their astronauts? It's just, it's just sad that our tax money is going to this. I'll show you a couple of them. Let me transfer this over here. And you'll see here. Let me show you. So these are all just movie posters. I'm going to move over there and you'll see them um, where they take any of these little missions that they do and they have to go out and they make these movies and they make it look like here's one that looks like Armageddon. And it's just hilarious to me. There's this much money going into uh, this kind of, I don't know, glorifying these guys. Look at this one. It's all like these old movies, right? They've got some Beatles stuff. It's just, and there's so many. Want to see the Matrix one? Is this one here? So they just have these, look at, I mean, they, so they have to buy all this stuff. <laughs> Are these photo. NASA produced? Yeah. Well, they're all, these are all missions. So this is Expedition 16. Um, so it's just funny to me that they do all these stuff. Here's this one. So, I mean, there's probably 50 or 60 of these. So every mission that they have, they dress up in some. Here's one that's like, uh, what is this from? Bad News Bears or something? Maybe a league of their own. Not really sure who that's supposed to be emulating. But it's just funny to me that it's just an actor's guild, basically. I think of NASA as a jobs program. Um, you know, one of the things people don't realize, let me take that off now. There's a, I mean, there's a thousand of those, but one of the things people don't realize is the, put my camera back on. So if I were to tell you that, you know, what do you think is a bigger industry? And I end, went to end your screen share. Sorry. There you go. So what is a bigger industry, you know, when it comes to Hollywood, all of Hollywood. So let's talk about the movie industry. We're talking um, home entertainment. We're talking Blu-rays, DVDs, streaming, all that stuff. Or music, which includes all of, you know, the Grammys, everything, uh, streaming sales. And then you add to that video games. So we say all of apps, PlayStation, Xbox, um, all these kind of console games. Or the space industry, which one do you think is the biggest out of those four? Well, I can guess now because of the way you're setting up that question. Give us the answer. Well, it's actually even worse than you think. Space is bigger than all of Hollywood, all of music, all of video games combined. So people fail to realize, they always give you this question of why would they fake it? Why would they, what is in it for them? Well, it is a huge, I think that the space industry is at $450 billion right now. Annually. So, annually. Can so, I say something about that? Pfizer, sure. 
a hundred billion dollar business. The NFL, a twenty billion dollar business. So when DeMar Hamlin dropped dead on the field, you can imagine what was going on behind the scenes for those nine minutes as Pfizer was on the line, probably with the commissioner of the NFL and probably with some national security people on the federal level, because that was a national security incident because the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine is killing people. Uh, I just want to make the point. Pfizer, a $100 billion a year business, five times bigger than the NFL. And you're saying that the space industry is five times bigger than Pfizer? <laughs> 450, yeah, 450 a year. So, I mean, again, this just kind of helps answer that question. And then you really look at it, and this is why it can't go away, is it would crash the economy of the United States, number one, because of all the offshoots. And what NASA always gets away with saying is they say, oh, but we don't spend the money in space, we spend the money here. And again, when nobody's disputing that, that all the money that they spend to build a rocket or to is goes right back into the system. But that's kind of what keeps an economy moving, right? So it's basically a jobs program. And I forgot what the total number of uh, employees they have. I think it's 40,000, but that doesn't count any of these offshoots or these skunk or what is it called skunk works or um, these kind of JPL offshoots, things like that. So it's a huge industry that isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. And we're just trying to point people that, you know, I wear this hat here. Well, it says fake X, but on the back, I have these hats on sale at my store shop.journalism.com. But it says NASA going effing nowhere because they go effing nowhere. They just don't go anywhere. They, um, you know, fill you with dreams and fill you with aspirations. And they love to keep people thinking about the stars, but I mean, they've convinced people, that we should be living on Mars with Elon, you know. Uh, we have everything we need here on Earth. Think of how great the Earth is. Water, everything we need, food, the sun. Everything's just here perfectly, the atmosphere. And they're talking about going to Mars where there is no atmosphere, where there is no water, where there is, you know, it's like, okay, well, yeah. And people are convinced. People are like, I want to go to die on Mars with Elon. Well, and you know what? Bill Gates, people are starting to wake up. They're trying to destroy our atmosphere with cloud seeding and they want to paint out the sun all in the, all in the name of climate change and saving the earth from the boogeyman uh, climate virus. Uh, you know, I did mention to Austin when he was on just the other day that uh, George Bush Jr. in 2006 talked about returning to the moon and getting men back on the moon no later than 2014. And he laughed. He said he had never heard that before. They just keep pushing the date back as they will continue to push the date back pretty much forever, Jaron, because they can't get there, in my view. They can't land men on the moon, in my view. No, I don't think so. Either. I have a video, a, a documentary I did called uh, NASA Going Nowhere Since 1958. And in it, I go through every president from Kennedy basically on and showed how it's just a back and forth, kick the can down the road. If Obama says this, then Trump says this, and then Biden says it, it just goes back and forth. And you can just tell that it's uh, – and then they can use that as an excuse, right? So if you ask somebody, why haven't we gone back to the moon? They'll say, oh, it's bureaucracy, politics. Uh, so they make it you know, look like that. But really, it's just because uh, they can't go. And we've heard Charlie Bolden say, even if you gave me every dollar in the U.S. budget, I couldn't get somebody to Mars. Um, he doesn't think anybody will go to the moon in his lifetime. Now, again, do we trust him? He's an astronaut, former uh, head of NASA, so probably not. But you were talking about the cloud seeding and stuff like that. Have you seen the NASA video where they make clouds? Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, again, th what's sad about that is we hear about these, uh, you know, droughts in California. And I mean, if they really could do that, then they would be using it to help us, not hurt us. Right. Grossen, let me ask you about the uh, lunar yeah. lander there that you put together. Uh, are you yeah. an, are you a space enthusiast or why the lunar lander? And by the way, I've seen the uh, model or maybe they'd say it's the actual one. I don't know, at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. I would defy mm -hmm. anybody to tell me that three burly, fully astronauted, dressed up men with oxygen packs on their backs could 
actually climb up that ladder, fit through that little hole, and sit in that thing for days at a time. Three men sitting in that thing? Well, you answer the question about why the lunar lander behind you. I'll uh, show some B-roll of the actual lunar lander. And I have mm. to say, Grossen, yours looks way better than the real one. <laughs> it's the official Lego set, actually. <laughs> and uh, uh, the reason why I bought it is simply because it's such a ridiculous piece of uh, junk when you look at the pictures uh, that NASA took uh, of this uh, it looks like uh, you know um, uh, sticks out of plastic with cardboard and tape on it yeah like you just showed there like a, a some kind of a um, project that kids would do at school um, and besides uh, you said about that three grown-up men would fit in this one uh, there were always only two uh, astronauts or actonauts uh, on the lunar surface because the third one uh, was in the service module that um, was orbiting the moon uh, at all point. times. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what, but what is funny is that uh, uh, I just heard recently that uh, in the communication between the astronauts or astronauts on the moon and with NASA on the ground, etc., there uh, are a ton of communication. However, the astronaut in the service module, he never said a peep. He's not included in any of the, you know, documentation about who said what and what time. So I guess he was not important during that mission, or they simply forgot to put it in the uh, manuscript. You know, that actually brings up a really good point. And uh, thanks for correcting me there. You're right. I always consider wow. the lunar lander as this thing that uh, that all three men were aboard. But you're right. Mm -hmm. The science uh, that they claim happened is very different than that. One man stayed behind and orbited the moon at, what, 4,000 miles per hour or something? And we're to believe that with 1969, 1970 technology, they were able to what, Jaron, navigate the stars and use something uh, a ship's captain in the 1700s would use? Yeah. To, to How in the world without modern-day computers could they possibly hmm. navigate and then join hmm. back up with the thing that was orbiting the moon? Uh, these questions can't be answered, can they? Uh, they, they had to land on the moon, right, for the first time ever with people. It's not like they've had any practice. You can't practice the the rover landing on earth with on a you know one six gravity or something foreign body like that and they had you know they had a schedule in the newspaper that said what time they'd be landing what time they'd be getting out so they had everybody in the world watching imagine if somebody would have died like the thought of it it's just not even it's it just it would never happen that way they would never telecast live the first landing of a craft on a foreign body like that because you never know imagine what it would have done for the morale of the of the world if they just died and they're like, oh, I guess we can't go to the moon. So again, it's just one of those things that once they've talked it up a bunch, they basically told people since the 50s, man will go to space, right? Man's going to go to the moon and man's destiny is in the stars. Once you start saying that to people, if you would have realized at any point that you can't go, you, you wouldn't have been able to tell people. And then even stranger, you know, it was 1961 or 62. I can't remember exactly when it was that Kennedy made his rice speech, they call it, when he was at rice and he talked about, man, you know, we'll go to the moon, we'll land a man, bring him back safely. Do you know that nobody had ever been to space yet from the United States? Yeah. <laughs> so he claimed that we were going to, mm -hmm. he made the prediction that by the end of the decade, we would go to the moon and return a man to earth, but we'd never put a person in space yet. Yeah, uh, that happened uh, later on when the first American astronaut was uh, put in orbit and, and landed again. Right. And then one other thing I like to point out, because you always get people saying, if they faked it, why wouldn't Russia you know, uh, expose it? Well, Russia is doing the same. And so one of the examples of that, is if you talk to somebody from Russia and you ask them what they learned in school about the space race, they'll tell you the stupid Americans went to the moon when Russia already knew there was no use in going there. So what they do is they tell two different stories. Russia tells the story is they were first in space. They were the first animal in space, first orbit, first woman in space, 
all those things. So they have all these accolades. The United States tells the story is that we were the first to get to the moon. So both of them use their position at, for prestige with their own uh, constituents or their own citizens, whereas they they both work together in the whole fakery of the whole thing. So it's easy for them to tell that story and then to say, oh, and we realized that the moon was just too expensive and there's nothing there. So they can tell the story that the stupid Americans went, spent money on going to the moon, and look what they got. They got nothing out of it, which is what they, the story that they do tell. Yeah, and, and the manipulation done by the Russians would be exposed by the Americans if the Russians exposed the American and the other way around. It would crash the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just there's there is answers to these questions that a lot of people just shoo away and basically say, oh, there's no way. But you talked about the um, the rover. Have you talked about the rover driving on the moon? Yeah. Oh, that's to me, that's the smoking gun of the entire lie is that they say that the rover folded up neatly into the lunar lander. And believe it or not, once years ago, I did see, I guess, what they would call a blueprint of how that would work. But I don't see it with my own two eyes when I look at that lunar lander, how that would work. A full size dune buggy with tires fully inflated. I mean, it makes zero sense. It makes less than zero sense. There's a meme out there that shows it's the, the lunar rover sitting next to a Jeep. And it, the Jeep frame, it says, you know, costs like 900 bucks or whatever. And then the Lunar Rover was 38 million. <laughs> it's like, what, what, what part of that is 38 million dollars? Where did you find money to do that? Or where did you find it? We needed to do that. But let me show this real quick. I just want to show you this. Um, oops, now I lost where I was. Uh, okay, I'll move it over here. So this is a, let me move it so you can see this video. This is a video of Apollo 16, them driving on the, shoot, can you see that whole thing? Good enough. So this is uh, Apollo 16. But one thing I pointed out, and people are like, I've never even realized that, is if you watch this, these guys are going over these huge rocks, but their voice doesn't change at all. Their voice doesn't change. I think you'll be able to hear this. You hear that? Okay. Can you hear that or no? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So watch these rocks that they're going over. Huge boulders. Uh, Again, listen to the guys' voices and think to yourself, if you've ever driven on a go-kart, which is basically what this thing's going to be, um, you're low to the ground. If you are running over and they have metal tires, these are not inflated tires with the uh, shocks. Mm-hmm. These are metal tires on the moon. And again, watch the, the terrain that they're going over and listen to their voices. You would be able to tell if they were driving over huge rocks. Listen. Climbing, but we've been climbing for quite a while here. They're just mowing through this field of rocks. Wow. You know what I think is interesting about that footage? I made this point, too, with Austin as I played some of the uh, Lunar Rover footage. Um, Look, I firmly believe they didn't actually go to the moon. But I have to say, they did a pretty darn good job with this set. If that's not actually the moon, that is one of the biggest warehouse spaces imaginable. I'm not exactly how they pulled that off. And, yes, we do have whistleblower testimony from Bart Sabrell, deathbed (laughs) confession of a security guard at the Arizona military base, evidently, where at least the first mission took place. What do you say about that, Jaron? You have to give them credit for one of the most vast uh, theatrical presentations I've ever seen. Well, I think this is done pretty much with miniatures, really. Um, And I'd be able to show a a, a video that I found recently where the guy's kind of showing that this is sitting on like a, uh, a platform, a moving platform, and that this is all that you see behind you is on a screen. So, I'm sorry, all that you see in front of you. So the entire landscape is not real. This is just a screen. And then they have this fake mini mobile that they, I'll have to show, let me find that video. I have it for you, but I'll show you what uh, somebody shows as far as it's sitting on a moving platform. And then there's a roundabout screen, like a basic, uh, 
almost like an IMAX screen, but one that kind of curves towards you. Mm-hmm. And again, these guys are flying, the thing's flying off of hills, but their voices don't change at all. And it's as if they were sitting in a studio reading lines while this thing looks like they're, look at this rocks that it's going through. Um, again, it's just <laughs> kind of bouncing around. It's not really shaking much, uh, but I'll show you that video. The other thing that's so difficult to swallow with this entire story is that, uh, you know, the danger of being in the vacuum of space, obviously the temperature on the moon, sunlight versus shadow, they're just going to tool around in a dune buggy like they have no care in the world. Yeah, exactly. Right? It just makes zero, zero sense. And uh, yeah, you can show us that. Other- I know what you're talking about, by the way. I have seen, oh, you've seen that? at least photos. No, but I want you to show the audience if you okay. can find it. But uh, let sure. me just say, there seems to be a cottage industry, and some might say in exposing this NASA moon hoax. I would say there's a cottage industry in trying to support the official story. There's certain people out there who have dedicated their lives to it. And others like Joe Rogan have kind of turned tail and now changed their story after signing a $100 million contract with Spotify. What is your take on those who have dedicated their lives to trying to prop up the official story of the Apollo missions? Jaron and then uh, Grossen has some uh, evidence of that, I think. Uh, I, I guess it's because people don't want to feel like they're fooled. And then again, it is the greatest technology, the greatest achievement of mankind, right? If you were to say it was real. So if we did go to the moon some 50, 60 years ago, but ways that we can tell that this is just a story is the fact that like Elon Musk, right, is right now launching rockets and then they go up about five miles, 10 miles, whatever it is. And it comes back and lands and people go crazy and think he's the, you know, the genius of the world. But 50 years ago, we put people in there. We put people in the craft. It didn't launch 10 miles into the air, but 250,000 miles into the air and then dropped men onto a foreign body. They got out, they played around, they played golf, they drove a moon buggy around. Then they got back in the same craft and launched from what landed became the launcher. And they launched from that craft, reconnected with the command module, came back and dumped into the ocean. So what we did is 50 years ago or 60 years ago is infinitely more impressive than what Elon Musk is doing today. Yet we're told the story of he's great and he's look at these reusable rockets well we we did take a, a rocket to the moon and land there and then the people took off from the same one i haven't seen that yet have you seen a a blue shepherd or a uh, a dragon has it taken off with people inside of it landed on earth and then taken off again with the same people inside of it you know it's like uh we're not even close to that yet so yeah. the kind of the deception kind of exposes itself to me but as far as the people yeah, and, spend and- their time i mean I, i'm not surprised people spend their time uh trying to promote the the mainstream all the time and think about the supercomputers that elon musk and all these people that they've got access to at spacex that didn't have any computer power back in the 1960s when they were developing the uh, apollo program right yeah plus they've destroyed all the telemetry data they've destroyed all the (laughs) blueprints they've destroyed the entire program and they say it would be a painful process to build it back again yeah (laughs) It's just unbelievable the crap they sell the American people and people around the world, and some people still buy it. And uh, meanwhile, you have Jeff Bezos' phallic rocket. Every single time that thing goes up, whether or not Will Shatner's in it or somebody else, they never show anything outside the window, do they? They never show us anything. They just land these people, and then the people say, oh, my God, it was such a moving experience. Yeah, we've asked for interviews with these guys or interviews with astronauts. I actually know somebody who has an in at NASA, and I said, look, you know me. I'm respectable, and respectful I, I i said can you get me an interview with one of these astronauts on the iss i said because if i had a 15 minute live interview with an iss astronaut i think that i would be able to um sh- show that it's not real right for instance if they're on wires then you could just say you know take a get one of these other astronauts to put their hand above you below you on the side of you mm-hmm. show us that there's no wires um and there's 
because there's other ways that they could do it. We've seen video of like David Copperfield, how he goes about these little tricks. And then they've never gone to the window at night and showed us the stars, which should be brilliant out there. We don't even know. Do you know, Sean, if stars can be seen in space? Because we, we, all we find are uh, mistakes by these astronauts, starting with Neil, Neil Armstrong, who said that the only thing in space that's visible in cislunar space, which would be between the Earth and the sun, is the Earth and the sun, that that's the only thing visible. So they couldn't see stars on their trip. But then you've got other astronauts saying you can see stars. You've got Neil deGrasse Tyson saying, oh, even because there's no atmosphere, you would see brilliant stars all the time. Then you've got that Leroy Chow who says you can't see stars whether you're on the daytime or nighttime side of Earth. So they can't even get that story straight, which is uh, embarrassing. Marcus Allen, he told a story uh, about a pilot who flew the SR-71, the spy plane that could fly so high and so fast that the Soviet Union could not shoot it down with their uh, missiles or rocket technology back at the time. That this pilot, he chose while he was up there in, uh, is it 78,000 uh, uh, feet or something like that, um, that he switched off the uh, uh, artificial light in his cabin. And he looked up and he could see so many stars and they were so brightful that they could illuminate all his instruments. I don't think there is that great a difference between what he could see from that plane and what amazing views they must have had uh, from all other kinds of uh, uh, spacecraft that are in low Earth orbit. Let me ask uh, Jaron a question. So this uh, lunar rover cruising around here on what we're told is the moon. Uh, people say that you can see that now. They left it behind. Is there any truth in that at all? Has anybody ever been able to zoom in with a high-powered telescope and show us this thing still sitting there? No, besides the LRO, which is the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter that they say is orbiting the moon, that it has some pictures that basically have like a little pixel change right at the bottom. You'll see like a, a little white blotch, and then they'll have arrows pointing to it, and they'll say this was the rover, this is the lander. But no, but nothing beyond that, nothing that you could say is true. And you certainly can't zoom in with any telescope and see that far. Uh, even talking about something like the rover that's bigger than the flag, there's no telescope powerful enough to do that. <clears throat> hmm. Well, as we're watching this footage here, the point I did make to Austin is that uh, maybe these are mini miniatures, but uh, if not, it's one heck of an impressive warehouse space where they shot that. But you know what? If money's no object, and I don't think it was if they didn't spend, how much money did they say they spent on the rockets and the Apollo missions? Oh, in all of Apollo? Yeah, I guess what I'm just driving at is whatever that number was in 1970 dollars, money was no expense. Money was no object. So if you hire Stanley Kubrick to help you figure this thing out, even if he wasn't responsible for all of the footage, he helped them do something that I think is pretty convincing in hindsight, because here we are more than 50 years later, still trying to reverse engineer exactly what the hoax was and exactly how they pulled it off. And we're getting closer and closer every single day, uh, even with these deathbed confessions from security guards at military bases that helps us understand the totality of the picture. But still, my hat's off to Kubrick or whoever the heck pulled that footage off because if you go back 50 years and you're sitting in front of a little black and white tv and you're a 28 year old young father yeah you're gonna buy it hook line and sinker just like the american people did so between 1960 and 73 it was 25 billion which today would be 257 billion with that is nothing compared to the annual budget you just talked about of 450 well that's billion. not yeah that's the that's the industry so nasa's mm -hmm. budget is whatever it is i don't you know it's eight right now it's 80 million dollars a day so 
I, I, and it's not, I'm not talking about Monday through Friday. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about take weekends off or take holidays off. That's every day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to think if I gave Sean $80 billion one time and said, Sean, here's 80 billion. I want you to better America. I want you to better the world. Think of what I would demand, what I would expect out of that 80 billion. And then to think, I mean, 80 million. And then to think NASA gets that every day. And what do we get? I mean, I'm, I'm baffled as to what we're, what we're getting. What are the benefits? If you look up NASA benefits, it's like uh, memory foam, uh, you know, handheld drills. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, but all those things would have been invented anyway. It's not as if, if NASA wasn't around, we wouldn't be using handheld drills today or we wouldn't have memory foam, right? It would have been eventually discovered or researched or, or, and then here's another thing that people don't realize, and this is a shame. So did you know that we're all paying our money to NASA? NASA hires engineers and engineers go in and they invent things. When they invent things, they go and get a patent for it. Now, you would think that that would be open source or something. No, what NASA does with these patents then is sells them to the highest bidder. So then you've got a company out there in the world that purchases this uh, invention. Then they can charge a huge amount of money for it, and then we pay that huge. So our money is what is used to invent things that we end up having to pay more money for because a company then has exclusive property rights to that invention. Just insanity. It was like, what are you talking? If if it's our money, if it's government money, if it's our taxes, then we should be the owners. We're the owners of that technology, not uh, whoever, whatever company pays the highest price. Let me go back to this film footage I was just playing here of these guys at uh, Mission Control. You know, every time we have these conversations, inevitably I'll get an email from somebody who says, yeah, but my dad, yeah, but my uncle, yeah, but my great-grandfather, he was there, he worked on this. Let's talk about the compartmentalization, the need-to-know basis. Let's talk about what was really happening here, because I think it's a lot like SpaceX. Today, when we see those young people cheering, Every time there's a launch or every time they land one of these things, we're told, out in the middle of the ocean, they cheer as though they're in some sort of theater production, which to me Mm -hmm. just doesn't add up. These aren't professionals Mm -hmm. doing something like you would never see surgeons behave this way after a successful heart transplant. What's going on here in this footage in terms of compartmentalization? And because people will say, well, then everybody was in on the lie. I don't think so. No, very few. Rather, I, mean, mm-hmm. I think it, you could have very few people in on it. Uh, there's a quote by Gene Krantz, who was the mission director around Apollo time. I'm not sure which exact missions. By but, the way, featured in that Apollo movie directed by Ron Howard, Gene Krantz yeah. is the guy who plays the hero who says, not on my watch. With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. That Gene Krantz. Yes, he's still mm-hmm. around today. His uh, mm-hmm. okay. quote is that he says that, that no controller or no controller operator, anybody at mission control would know the difference between simulation and real uh, data coming in. Yeah. So that's all you need to know is that if they, they were not going to tell everybody sitting at the consoles, that it's not real what's going on. They're going to make them think that what they're doing is actually looking at real data. And that's very easy for them to send in simulation data and mm-hmm. people are monitoring that. I mean, think about it. Nobody sitting at a computer desk has the, you know, they're not going to be able to press a button and the craft crash. They're just looking at numbers and they're probably supposed to, alert people if there's some you know anomaly or something that's all that they're yeah. doing so if it's just temp if it's just fake data coming in they just acted like it was real they thought it was real if they're able to during the second world war to make the uh, uh, landing on, in normandy on d-day a secret to um uh, the german uh, uh high command to, to the german army and if you can uh, also uh what's the second one uh, the big one uh, where you also have it uh, hidden sort of in plain sight until it, it really happens. But yeah, that's the, um, that's the Manhattan Project. 
that nobody knew about that one, despite right. hundreds of thousands of people were employed in that project. And that's com, uh, compartment. But what do you call that in English? I can't say compartmentalized. That yeah, compartmentalized. exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. When nobody knows what the neighbor is doing, and this is the same in a big company. Uh, those on the floor don't know what's going on in the uh, other departments, and they certainly don't know what's going on uh, at the board of directors. Yeah. The other thing is that uh, Gene Krantz has been asked about the telemetry data, and he says, yes, it does appear that all of the telemetry data has been lost, and even if we found it, we don't have the machines to play it back. All right, so they've destroyed everything. And uh, as far as simulations go, need-to-know basis, military compartmentalization, think 9-11. Think 9-11, guys. There were exercises going on, and some of the people involved in those exercises, when 9-11 happened and the first plane hit the first building, the second plane hit the second building, they said, is this real, real world, or exercise? Oh, this is real world. So the exercise went real world. My point is, is that, yeah, they could have an exercise happening, and the people involved don't know they're part of an exercise. It's the same as the bombing in, in London a few years later. Uh, that was also a an exercise that suddenly went uh, went real. That's right. Uh, where I think it was uh, some buses that uh, were were blown up. That's right. Or was, was it underground the, trains? Was, I can't remember. It was the wow. London Underground, and Peter okay. Powers, who was running this exercise, came on, I believe it was the BBC, and said, hmm. the hairs on my arms are still standing up. Why do you say that? Well, we were running an exercise of the exact yeah, same yeah, yeah. situation hmm. that happened at the exact same time, and then suddenly we had to react and go real world because the exercise they were running actually then became a real world act of terror that you're right. It was a false flag act Same of terror. The London seven seven bombings. That's right. Same thing with San Bernardino. The San Bernardino was there was an exercise going on right next door or something. Yep, hundred percent right. Yep. I let me show that. you this right. uh, real quick. Just I wanted to point out that one of the ways you can tell that all this footage is not real is because you can watch these mountains and they never get closer. They're never mm-hmm. revealed. They're just there in the background. But like you would think, this thing's driving towards it. You're going to reveal more of this little mountain back here, but you never do. It's just a solid piece that just kind of yeah moves around but it doesn't reveal more so anyway this is that video i was telling you about that kind of shows if they were on some sort of a moving platform like this and then they show that there's a screen and i'll show you here in a second there's kind of a wrapped screen and we've seen things like that from nasa right we've seen that the track that has the moon next to it i can show those pictures in a second so here you go here's this screen that you would then have this little miniature and you would have this kind of camera showing it now, what would be evidence of that is if you just have the guys not making sounds like they're really on a real go-kart driving through the moon, which is what I can point out easily, that they never make any sound. Like, if you bounce up and down, you can hear that you're bouncing up and down, whereas these guys weren't making any sounds like that. So it's just kind of showing how that might have worked. Um, and then it shows how these miniatures have been used for years to show that you see this person's huge inside that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So it could be we're looking at, yeah, it looks like a huge uh, set but it could have been done with miniatures. And in fact, there's lots of images of um, these guys doing, they were in like the miniature shop. I'll show you a couple images here real quick. So they've got like this. Well, this is the one I will tell you about on the track. So this is the picture of, let me move it over there. Okay. So this is a picture of, they had this big ball. Now this is like a track for some reason next to this curved screen. And again, it doesn't even make any sense that you would think, oh, that's because they're, uh, and then they've got these guys painting it in, in painstakingly in painstaking detail, right? They're painting exact replica. And here's the track coming around here. Mm-hmm. So you could basically put a cart with a camera on it and emulate the orbit of these crafts on the moon. Why else would you do that? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. They have these real painted, like photorealistic paintings of here's this guy sitting here for hours painting this ball exactly like the moon. 
Um, and so let me see what else. Here's the miniature shop. Um, oh wait, that's let's see, is that the miniature shop? No, they're just looking at photos. I have some miniature stuff here, and they do you know all, all these things that they do. It just doesn't really jive to me that this is what you would do if it were real. Uh, why would you need to have that track with the? And here's kind of some pictures that I have of <clears throat> these crafts with these black backgrounds that are on these what are they called simulators? We've got these things hanging, and if you've ever watched like the craft as it's moving in space, doesn't it look very mechanical? Move left, move right. It's like a little mm. robot which is what you would get from these hanging rafters if you have the craft hanging here and you blacked out all the, the background scenery. And um, let's see here where we've got... Here's the machine shop where they're doing... If you can't really see, i got other pictures, but these guys are making miniatures of everything. All the mm-hmm. little craft, the little uh, modules. Here's like a... Um, they yeah. call it a projection sphere with the yeah. models. You've got the track here. Again, to me, these things don't really jive with... Here's another one. They did, though. In order to make some more realistic footage to the uh, crew of astronauts uh, through a sort of projection through windows and screens, etc., right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I, I bet they, they abused them uh, to 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 do the uh, fakery from Apollo 11 and forward. I was just gonna say this image here is not. I'm not saying this is NASA because I've said that somebody said before. That's not NASA. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you watch the astronauts, they do look like they're on some sort of a balloon or some sort of a harness system. That's why they can't bend over and pick up tools and things like that, even though that should be easier. And in fact, if you really think about it, if you if it's one sixth gravity like they tell us, meaning that let's say you're a 200 pound man and you're wearing a 150 pound backpack. So you're 350 pounds on earth. Well, that means that you weigh about what? 60 pounds, 70 pounds on the moon, but you have no gravity and you've got uh, the body mass, the, the, the muscle mass of an adult male. So you would be able to jump over the lunar rover. You wouldn't, there would be nothing stopping you. You you have the muscle mass of a, of a man here on earth, but you've got nothing restricting you right now. We've got the atmosphere on top of us. What is it? You know, whatever, 14 pounds of per square inch weighing us down. We've got our own weight weighing us down. You got everything keeping you on the ground. If you're on the moon, you'd weigh 60 pounds and have none of that atmosphere on top of you. You'd be able to leap over the lunar rover. We don't see anything like that. We see him jump three feet in the sky. Well, One thing that's also funny is that if you see them jump and you have this feeling that they are hanging in the wire, and while they're hanging in the wire, the moon dust falls down. And once that settles down, then the astronaut comes down afterwards. It's funny how the dust on the moon falls faster to the ground than the astronaut himself does. I guess that's because he's on Earth and hooked up on a wire. Well, let's <laughs> back up, though. I want to show you guys something. Let's just talk about where we were in space and time in the late 60s. So... The world's greatest filmmaker, Stanley Kubrick, was working on a film called 2001 A Space Odyssey, some of the pictures of which, if you guys haven't seen the film, you need to go see the film. Okay, It looks as good today as it did then. It looks better than most of the stuff coming out of Hollywood today because Stanley Kubrick was a genius. So there's some images of that film here. And I need to correct myself because when Austin was on, I kept referring to rear screen projection. It's actually front screen projection that Stanley Kubrick pioneered and was an expert in and used in 2001 A Space Odyssey. So in this image, I don't know if you can see my cursor. Here he is Mm -hmm. on that orbiting space station with astronauts in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Back then in the day, Stanley Kubrick was the pioneer. So the question should be asked, why was he so chummy with NASA? Why are there images of him walking around with officials from NASA back in the day? These are questions that must be asked. And then why Mm -hmm. we should run the uh, actuarial tables 
regarding the possibility that Stanley Kubrick would then drop references into him potentially faking or working with NASA on the Apollo missions? Why would he drop those references into The Shining? Like, what is the mm-hmm. mathematical likelihood that there would be any yeah, references exactly. to Apollo in those moon missions in The Shining? Those are questions that are fair to ask. And the people that stand opposed to this and stand with officialdom, they don't want those questions asked. No. They don't want to talk about it. Do you know about Eyes Wide Shut and its release date? Yeah. Yes, it was on the, the anniversary, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. he, and that was demanded of him in the in mm-hmm. his contract that it was released on that, whatever it is, July something uh 2000 no 1999 right so it'd be 30 years to mm-hmm. the date yes and uh yeah so he demanded that and then he died before that movie came out mm-hmm. so you know i'm not saying they killed him or anything but uh and then if you look at that 2001 a space odyssey you know it was all or mostly done in miniatures i'll show you i've got a video here so let me transfer over there again uh browser or share nope not that one keep missing the wrong one here here we go so this is a video that's shown before where this is all miniatures. I mean, we've seen this scene of the movie and you think it's a real room, you know, that looks like mm-hmm. the movie's room. But if you look, there's a hand. <laughs> right. This is all very tiny little stuff. And it makes it, uh, this is something that he, um, was not one of the first to do, but he, you know, was an expert at it. And you can kind of go through this and see all that they're doing is with miniatures. And it's crazy to me that this is, uh, People can't think for themselves that, you know, one thing is we've been lied to about everything, right? I mean, you name it, they're lying to us about everything. Things we can go and touch and test and verify ourselves, vaccines, you name it. So then there's people who say, yeah, they're lying to us about that, but they're telling us the truth about space. And to me, it's like, no, that would be the first thing they would lie about is the places you can't go. Because nobody nobody who's watching this or listening to this show is ever going to space, ever. You're you're not going to live on a planet. You're not going to go... Uh, tour the, the the solar system yet all this money that goes into it and all this love behind it and it's just because people want to have these dreams about space they want to they you know they were indoctrinated with star wars or star trek and um I, I think it's a hard thing for people to admit that they've been fooled you know i didn't have any idea that uh the technology that kubrick was using this looks like much more modern video than what is this? Who are these people talking about the miniatures? This is impressive footage. I've never seen this before. She says the replica set is in one six scale. Came from a suggestion of a model maker. Um, I I just didn't realize they had that level of visual effects back in what nineteen seventy or sixty eight or whenever the heck two thousand one came out. Friends, just a real quick break and a word about our sponsor. Silver has been valued for its beauty and rarity for centuries. But did you know it also plays a vital role in modern industry and tech? According to Noble Gold Investments CEO Colin Plume, who I just interviewed recently, silver could be the new oil. From electronics to solar panels, demand for silver is only set to rise. That's why investing in a silver IRA from Noble Gold Investments is a smart choice for those looking to secure their financial future. With a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA, you can invest in physical silver coins or bars and take advantage of its unique properties as both a precious metal and industrial commodity. Not only does a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA provide a hedge against inflation and market volatility, it also allows you to diversify your portfolio with an asset proven to hold its value over time. And this month, you'll get a beautiful Silver Eagle coin with every qualifying IRA of $20,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments and their thousands of five-star reviews. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com to get started. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. 
they did the same thing for the shining right so the shining scene where you've got the blood coming into the hallway of the hotel mm-hmm. that's all miniature that's just a very small mm-hmm. you know what scene i'm talking about Yes, oh, well, of yeah. course I do. Yeah, that's it's an amazing movie, and uh, you know, evidently uh, Stephen King hated it because it departed so much from what he wrote, and uh, uh, evidently uh, that was uh, Kubrick. Right. And the things that have changed, they changed for a reason, right? So the room number changes, but the book doesn't tell about room two thirty eight, but two thirty eight is of course the distance to the moon. So, yeah, and by yeah. the way, so evidently I haven't read the original that Stephen King wrote, but I've seen The Shining several times, and uh, in the movie. The little VW bug is yellow, but in uh, Stephen King's book, it's red. And there's a scene in The Shining where the innkeeper drives by on a snowy. I don't even know how Kubrick's shot this stuff. It's really amazing. During this terrible snowstorm, there's a, uh, a semi that has crashed and crushed below it is the red bug, the red VW. So that's Kubrick telling King, this is my story. That was yours. This is mine. Take the ride with me. And I thought that was interesting. For people who haven't seen 2001, A Space Odyssey, we can talk over this. I just want to play the trailer because I think it's one of the best movies ever made. Certainly, if you think uh, what he was able to accomplish with that technology, well, it kind of brings us full circle. No wonder NASA asked him or demanded that he work with them. If people haven't seen this, they got to go see it. See it and... If it ever plays in an IMAX near you guys, go see it. It's, mm-hmm. it's truly unbelievable. You've seen this film, right, Jaron? Yeah. I still have uh, got to see this one. Oh, you haven't seen it? Well, no, not yet. Just I didn't the, think it was that great, but that's just me. Well, I mean, it, fan, so. it might be a little slow, but it's brilliant in the scope mm. of what it shows you if the goal is to remove you from your disbelief, right? If the goal is to get the movie goer into a different world and to believe they're seeing something in a different world, a different space and time. This movie's brilliant. I mean, I think the spacesuits are better than uh, the Apollo mm-hmm. spacesuits. And uh, yeah. frankly, you guys got to remember as you're watching this, this was prior to Apple computers and, you know, mm-hmm. Apple touchscreen technology, and nobody knew what the future would look like. So you got to give the guy credit for what he's come up with here. It's unbelievable. Hmm. Isn't it uh, in the Space Odyssey where you see the scene where the uh, apes are sitting in front of this uh, front screen projection, right? Yes. Or is that another movie of his? No, that's right. That's the way this movie starts. Uh, I heard that the reason why uh, the um, committee didn't give him a prize for that scene regarding best costumes was because the people who were on the committee thought that they were real apes filmed in nature. They didn't know that it was actually human beings inside uh, uh, costumes. Yeah, I've heard the same. He, that, that was how uh, a perfectionist he was. That's kind of a, a good way to not earn a prize, and then you actually get a higher prize by not getting it because the committee thinks that, oh, you have filmed apes in real nature. Yeah, here's what you're talking about. So the front screen yeah. technology, the entire background of that opening sequence is, well the part that makes it look as though it's filmed on earth and the landscape goes on, you know, forever, as far as the eyeline can see is because of the front screen technology. Mm -hmm. So there's evidence of front screen technology that has been sussed out in the moon missions, right, Jaron? Yeah, you can definitely, uh, there's a couple guys, I think Scott's one of them, Henderson, and some other people have done presentations on that. Uh, I was just reading about this Douglas Trumbull. I know he died uh, in the past, but, Yes, talking about the same thing, that uh, he was the one that was done the spaceship miniatures and the visual effects, and they say that they've never been matched in their prodigious quality, even now. 
when computer graphics can deliver pretty much anything imaginable. Uh, he's the one who did multiple techniques called slit scan, smoke lit minute. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Show scan, etc creating visual aesthetics still widely emulated today. And he uh, started, well, his first movie was called To the Moon and Beyond, 1964. And then from that, he got picked up by Kubrick for 2001. Hmm. So they definitely, and again, he's developing these miniatures that have, they they are incredible. I mean, they're, they're detailed as it gets. I'm looking at this one here, the 50-foot, 15-meter filming miniature of the spaceship USS Discovery, as seen in 2001, the level of detail in this miniature. I'm looking at it now, I can't believe it's a miniature. Like, that is incredible. It just seems like it'd be impossible to build that. Can you show but, us? Um, yeah. Oh, sure. Let me show you here. Um, so just talking about like this here. 
Now, again, I've seen the movie once, but you've seen it probably. But I mean, this is just a miniature. It says it's 15 feet, uh, sorry, 50 feet. Um, so you, we don't mean miniature as in like handheld, but, um, yeah, it's just talking about that and the way he did different. You remember the scene where that flies through the rings of Saturn, like this scene here? Yeah. Talking about this using the decommissioned U.S. naval vessel Valley Forge to shoot the interiors of the fictional spaceship Valley Forge. He was able to give his film tremendous production value on a somewhat limited budget. So just incredible what these guys were able to do, taking nothing away from them. uh, But I do think that they're lying to you about, um, you know, outer space. And and as far as where we can go, what we can do, um, I think it's all all make believe at this point. And they can prove me wrong easily. I mean, you go to one of these places when we go to the moon and we have people there. um, One of the things that I was laughing at recently is that uh, did you hear about this uh, dear moon mission? No. Uh -uh. Oh, so there's this, they came out with this Dear Moon. If you go to Dear Moon, I think it's just DearMoon.com. Dear Moon, actually might be .io or something. Let me see. Uh, DearMoon.earth. So this crew came out and it's this Japanese uh, rich guy and he picked these 10 different people or whatever. And he, they actually came out and said that they're going to, let me see if it still says it on the website. It does. Still shows 2023 as the date that they will lift off. And I went on my channel and I said, I'll make anybody a bet right now, $1,000 thousand dollars that there's no way this thing launched. i said how could you how could you even say that that we're going to launch this craft and it's going to take these guys around the moon in a spacex craft and again it says right here it's planned for liftoff in 2023 well this is what space gets away with that nobody else can they blatantly lie to you and the thing is because people aren't so in love with it even if you bring it up to people they're like well yeah they're probably not going to go in 2023 it'll probably be 2024 2025 it's like i get that so why are you allowing them to just lie and tell you that it's going to lift off in 2023? We know that's not going to happen. In fact, this guy here, Tim Dodd, where is he? Oops, go back one page. Tim Dodd is a YouTuber, and uh, he did a video shortly after saying he thinks it'll be around 2028. So again, they're just flat out lying to people. Um, they basically had a bunch of people, like a million people, send applications, and then he picked, you know, this guy's a YouTuber. You might know this guy, Steve Aoki. He's like a DJ in the United yeah. States. Yeah. Um, there's a couple artists, a couple filmmakers, and these guys are all supposed to go around the moon in 2023. And if you look up Dear Moon 2023, all these um, journalists all say the same thing. And it's like, stop, oops, Dear Moon, not Dear Moon. Um, they all say the same thing. It's like, if these were real journalists, somebody would step up and say, like, oh, you know, scheduled launch 2023. But why are they announcing it like it's real? You know, they're going to go to the moon as soon as 2023. 2023 is set to be a busy year. All these journalists all just ride on the back of this. They all pretend like, and everybody knows, just look up a uh, space hotel, 2020, you know, space hotel, 2015. I mean, all these, the constant news that comes out that says that there'll be a hotel in 2020. Now, now it's 2025. See, and they'll just kick this down the road. There's not going to be a hotel in space in 2025. It's a joke. It's an absolute travesty that people fall for this. And they just don't realize that in their entire life, They'll realize, oh, space was just talked about. The can was kicked down the road, and then you eventually die. That's what happens. Yeah. So, you know, that's what's going to happen to us. If you think that you're going to get to see one of these things actually come to fruition, that's not the point of it. The point is that okay, the ISS is going to have a space hotel. Here's another thing you can do on Google that's fun to do. Type something like space hotel, and then you can actually change your search date, right? So I can do space hotel, tools, uh, change from any time, go to custom range, and then just put in these dates. But I'm going to put instead... 2000 to 2007, let's say. Okay, mm-hmm. so now it's only going to show me results from 2000 to 2007. But you can go through here and say, you know, new space tourism, 
And every one of these will be, here's a hotel tycoon building an inflatable space station. It'll be finished in 2015. <laughs> uh, you can just find this nonstop. It's always the same thing. They just are lying to people. Here's it is. This commercial space station to launch in 2015, the space hotel. Um, it's just insane to me that people don't realize what's going on here, that they keep pushing it down the, the road. If you go Branson, I mean, you've seen what's happened to him, right? Think of how late he is on, uh, what is that stuff called? His, um, what is this company called? Virgin. Virgin, yeah. yeah. Virgin Galactic. Branson, uh, maybe Space Hotel. He'd say the same thing. And again, you just keep those same dates. <clears throat> and I often show this on my channel that you can find uh, Virgin Galactic, Anatomy of a Business Model. Now on board, Spaceship One paves the way for passengers. It'll always say that he's going to do, it's going to be coming up in 2008, 2009, and it just never happens. Here's Space Hotel set to open in 2012. <laughs> okay. I mean, again, it's just a joke. And you go to these articles and they're, there's just nothing ever happening. It's just not going to happen. But they continue. it's bad enough that it happened in the past. It continues to happen. You'll hear about these. Haven't you heard of like these up-and-coming companies that are going to take people to space? They're going to go. Oh, up yeah. And yeah, they always the come and go. Yeah, space like, tourism. Do you know Moon Express? Uh-uh. So Moon Express is a company that uh, I think that they won the, um, not the Google Lunar X Prize, which again, nobody actually won that. They put out this big deal that they're going to give $30 million away for, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Lunar X Prize. Never came yeah. before, never gave the money away. But the Moon Express, the guy who's the CEO of it is a, um, is a, a known scammer. I'm trying to think of his name right now. Um, is it Moon Express CEO? Let me look at, make sure I'm getting the name right. Um, and they've got like the worst YouTube channel, but they're supposedly going to put, no, not that guy. What is the name of the company? Let me think of that for one second. I'm forgetting the name. It's Moon. Oh, what's also funny about this Google Price? Uh, yeah. Do you remember that uh, uh, there were somebody who participated who said, "Oh, we are going to land a small rover very close to where some of the uh, Apollo missions landed, and then we're going to film, for instance, uh, the uh, part that didn't take off from the moon or a rover or whatever." And NASA came out and said, "Oh, you can't do that because that's." worth uh, keeping it so historical so it's supposed <laughs> right. to be kept like a uh, hallowed you ground were dick yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so you couldn't do that and they were sort of uh, f yeah. uh, forced to go out and and uh, make an official statement saying oh we're going to land uh, somewhere completely different yeah it's like the antarctic you can't go there yeah, yeah. it's off limits mm. hey mm. That I so think, is, oh. let me just ask you, Jaron, uh, yeah. about the spiritual nature of this conversation, because it, it really needs to be a part of this conversation. I had friends on that I really respect a lot and admire, and they're really smart folks. And uh, I kind of broached this area of the conversation, the, na the nature of this thing we live on. And, uh, you know, they bumped on it because not everybody is on board with this concept that there is a firmament. And maybe what NASA says about this entire thing we live on is not true uh what are your thoughts on that and what Werner von braun left on his tombstone psalm 19 1 the heavens declareth the glory of god the firmament showeth his handiwork and by the way as we're having this conversation jaron do you or i will call up some of these photos of spacex launches of nasa launches and i want to talk about the trajectory and the arc of these rockets to right. me they don't appear to be going into space they appear no, I mean, to be falling into the bermuda them, triangle yeah. Right, that's what I think too. And if you look up the timing of the Triangle, it's funny. It's around the 50s, 60s, right when it started to be um, noticed. So, um, remind me of your question again. Uh, just uh, the nature of the spiritual uh, oh. component to this conversation. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely they're they're hiding something, right? And I'm not um, as religious as others in this movement, and I think that some people gravitate to me for that reason. I do think that they are hiding the creator. I think that everything on Earth is hiding the creator. I think that it's all confusion. It's meant to be. I think that you know, long ago they realized that we all had a connection with the creator, that we all desire to find him, and we all have that in our hearts to begin with. And so I think that. They co-opted that by making sure, and I know this because I went to a Jesuit high school, and I never understood why when I got there, they started, you know, they teach you religious studies, and then your next class is <clears throat> biology or evolution. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, oh, I, I learned my whole life growing up as a Catholic that we don't believe in evolution, but now I'm at a school that's a Jesuit school that I'm being forced to. So I was very disillusioned with school, and I kind of dismissed it because of that. But now I realize that they just, these guys like these uh, Jesuits, they want you in a belief system. If you're in a belief system then you are easy to, to, you know, easy to predict. They know exactly how you'll react. For instance, if you're somebody who believes fully in science, then I don't need to ask you the question of what you feel about the vaccines because you, you believe what the mainstream narrative is, safe, effective, and uh, the greatest invention that you know, saved these millions of lives and all these things. So once you become a known quantity to them, they can maneuver things and they can set up these traps and people fall for them. So what, I'm, what I try to do is stay in the middle, right? I try and make sure that I can address any evidence as it's brought to me. And I don't, I'm not married to one thing or another thing to where I say, no, that absolutely is against my belief system. I'd rather be open. So I think that there are people who clearly see that the Bible is a, um, a, a book that tells a different story about the earth than what we're told today, right? Clearly they talk about a firmament. They talk about, um, you know, a flat, um, non-rotating or non-moving earth, right? They say it's a, can't be moved. Um, it'll never be moved. So I get it. It's definitely the, the way we're starting to see the world matches a lot better with the Bible than it does, uh, what we're told about science. Cause I mean, imagine these guys, these scientists, these, uh, great men of renown. What they actually are telling you is that they can create with just glass, shaving some glass right and putting it in a tube. They can see back in time. So really it's like this fantastical wizardry that we just all fall for. I'm like, yeah, okay. We, they actually tell you that they can see these stars and they know about these planets that are going around them that are 25 trillion miles away at the minimum, 25 trillion. I mean, people realize, don't realize that, you know, uh, a trillion seconds is 31,000 years. And that just gives you an idea of what a trillion really is. Right. A trillion seconds is 31,000 years. So tell us that we can see stars 25 trillion miles away. It's, it's ludicrous to me. And then they tell you that it's, this light's coming from back in time. And that how do they know these things? How have they verified these things? They don't, they've never gone out there with a measuring tape. And measured, they hey, just are claiming it. Yeah, you have a clip to play, don't you, of one of these characters claiming that uh, the nature of the Earth, the conceptual human belief of the nature of the Earth, has always been the globe oh. model. That's yeah, not true. That's one hundred percent verifiably false. In fact, right. Let's listen you, to him you, say this here, because okay. you tell me if this is a true statement here. No basis at all for thinking the world is flat. Nobody in human history, as far as I know, has thought the world was flat. That's verifiably false. Well, yeah, all of the ancient, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, I mean, you name it, they are the Hebrews, they all thought that the earth was flat. So to just say something is... The Greeks measured the radius of the earth. It is in... I cannot conceive of a reason why anybody would think that the world is flat. And he just gets so upset about it. And I, I there are interesting things, isn't it? Yeah, it's just crazy that he goes on and on about it. But um, no, yeah, they to just flat out lie like that is is crazy. Or these guys, they keep bringing up this Aristophanes sticks and shadows, right? 
but anybody can see what that is at your own home. Take two items. Let's say it's, you got two beer bottles and put a small light source on top of one of them. Well, the one that you're on top of has no shadow. The one that's next to you has a shadow. Is the table that you're doing that on curved? No. So what they use as evidence is like, what? Like, what are you talking? Now, if you assume that the sun is 93 million miles away and you assume, which by the way, they tell you, and we just eat it up like nothing, that it's 867,000 miles wide. We can't even fathom that. You can't even, if a plane is flying into the West coast of the United States or something from Hawaii, and you're looking at the coastline of California, that is what, 600 miles long? So <laughs> to think of something that's 867,000 miles wide is insane. And go out and look at the sun today. And you tell me if that's a believable story. But again, they, they tell you all these fantastical things. And then you try and find out, well, when did they get the measurement of the distance of the moon or the, or the earth? I'm sorry, or the sun. And the story is even more fantastical, right? That, that they saw the transit of Venus. And so they did some mathematics. They, now, remember, this is in like 1600, 1700. So they sent some people to different places on the earth. They used pendulum clocks. So a pendulum that's swinging. That's how they calculated these times. And then they had to assume that Venus was the same size as Earth. And guess what? When they got it all done and they went up there and checked it out, how lucky were they that Venus is the same size of Earth? Amazing. Amazing that they just estimated that off nothing. They have no reason to believe that. Um, you could say the same thing about Jupiter. What if we predicted that Jupiter was the same size? And then, oh, well, now it's 100 times bigger. Well, let me say something in uh, regards to what that clip. Who is that guy who was just speaking? I recognize him. What is I'm sorry? Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Okay. Well, look, so I happen to know, and I'm not an expert in this field, but I am a globe, as we're told, skeptic at this point. Um, and uh, let's just talk about long-distance laser experiments. Uh, but what I wanted to say regarding what Cox just stated, uh, I happen to know that it was Copernicus, who I think in the mid-15th century was tasked by the Vatican to come up with this heliocentric model, he did so and only reluctantly years later allowed his paper in part to be published because he was embarrassed by it. So we have the geocentric model, which suggests the Earth is the center of the universe, therefore pointing <laughs> directly to a creator. And then we have this heliocentric model. And so Brian Cox omits that. He says nobody in the history of the world has ever believed the world is flat. And by the way, the ancient cultures that did believe that, these weren't stupid people. I mean, I don't know if we could uh, replicate the construction of the Great Pyramids of Giza today. I don't think we can, uh, not to mention the free energy technology that appears to have existed maybe right through the 1800s and, of course, was all sealed up and put in a closet along with Tesla technology, thanks to uh, the Rockefellers and the Morgans and the Rothschilds. So laser experiments. In my interview with Austin, I cited, as I like to do, the Suez Canal. So mm -hmm. if you look at the Suez Canal from a satellite shot, you can see much further than the 120-mile-long canal. But if you just take the 120-mile canal, there should be more than a mile of Earth curve buried in that. So what the point I like to make is that for people who are skeptical about this conversation, just think about the nature of the basketball that we're told we live on. There would be a perpetual curve. It would never end. It would go mile after mile after mile, and we would all experience being on some sort of curve when we're going on a vacation, we're driving, it doesn't exist in our human observable experience. 
So I have observed something which I would say is uh, supporting the that we live on some kind of sphere, and that is that uh, I've been on some of the Danish islands and I looked out into the ocean, and Denmark is putting a lot of windmills uh, out in the ocean because they are not nice to look at and they make a lot of noise. So why not put them out at the sea where there is a ton of wind in addition? And I could stand up there and I could look out in the sea and I could just see the top of the windmill and the wings would go up through the air and then it would seem like they went through the ocean and then came back up. That sort of supports that they were so far out that the curve of uh, our globe would start at that point. However, I'm definitely not um, against the, uh, the, the idea that we are being lied to about how far out we have to go before that curve actually uh, occurs. Sure. You know what? In defense of what you just said, that's why I coined for myself the first time that I had David Weiss and Crow on, globe, as we're told, skeptic. I don't know. I don't have any proof that we're not living on a 24,900-mile sphere, but I think they're tied to their math, and therein Mm -hmm. lies the problem for them. And I would say, go back to that beach you were on and bring a Nikon P900 and zoom in on those windows. You might be surprised what you find. And I can yeah, show a video definitely. Of I did not do that, so that, that could be fun to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's there's video that will show you that uh, from a distance you can get the bottom of things to disappear. There's somebody who uh, is called Sky Free on YouTube who does these little experiments where he basically tells you the temperature of the room, tells you the temperature of the floor, has little items set up off in the distance. Then he'll open the door and let different air in there, which kind of jumbles it up. Well, everything from the bottom disappears up. And you could get the floor kind of rises a little bit, which is the same as the water kind of rising a little bit. And it shows that those windmills are actually on the water. They're not uh, clearly think about what, what we're being said is that there's windmills so far that they're mm-hmm. so far down behind the curve that their blades are still spinning. And yeah, it looks okay. like it's going through the water, right? But mm-hmm. the actual stuff is coming up. But I just wanted to say about the Suez Canal. I just read a book the other day called His Pronouncement, um, which is from... 1920 or something, but there's a whole bunch of quotes in here talking about the Suez Canal and the canals of public works, uh, talking about in 1892, the engineer's office at the Manchester Ship Canal reported that it is not the practice in laying out public works to make allowance for the curvature of Earth. Somebody else in October 1893, a surveyor and engineer of many years' experience over his signature reported allowance for the curvature of the Earth that nothing of the sort is ever allowed. Uh, January 1896 from T. Westwood his signature signed over his name saying not the least allowance was made for the curvature of the earth. Um, although if the earth were a globe, we should have 112 feet should have been allowed. So it goes on talking about here. This is about the Panama canal. So I could send you this book if you want, Sean, uh, send it off if somebody has any questions about that. Yeah. But, thanks. And do you have any comment saying, though on this infrared photography being done by Jay Tolan, which is revealing crazy a globe far larger than 24,900 miles. If you're to believe it's a globe at all. He does great work, and he's just using a basic because infrared will fight through the muck, right? So you, you always get people. And just so people know, I don't consider myself, I wouldn't say necessarily I'm a flat earther. I like using true earther better because, again, when you when people hear flat, we've all been conditioned to be to shun that, to think it's the most ridiculous belief you can ever believe. And then there's still other people who think we're talking about a 2D piece of paper. So I like true earth because it allows me to say, hey, I'm just looking into things. I'm just investigating. If I get to the bottom of it and we are on a spinning ball mm-hmm. flying through space, then so be it. But I have so many problems with that. Number one, figuring out who came up with these things like Redshift, who came up with the idea that we're things are moving away from us. And, you know, you go back to Edwin Hubble and you read him say, you know, we got to stay away from the absolute horror of a unique position. So these are not unbiased scientists. These are men who have a worldview that says that we cannot be the center. We cannot be created. We cannot be important. 
And so they develop, developed all of science around that. You know, now we're getting reports that dark matter might be wrong, right? That we may not actually be expanding. So all these things that are coming out now, people have thought, and they'll even go to bat for them, right? There's people who will tell you right now, they'll go to fight you if you say we're not expanding or we're um, not flying through space at these crazy speeds. Again, if people want to just buy into what people are giving them, I mean, there's somebody telling you that we're traveling right now 1.2 million miles per hour, right? 66,000 miles per hour around the sun. And uh, to think that we wouldn't notice that, again, it's not a constant speed. People think it's a constant speed. It's accelerating speed. It does change speed. We're going a different speed at December than we are at June. So again, um, these things are just, if you want to believe them, by all means, you're welcome to believe them. I think that they are meant to distract you from the truth. And let me give just, and then I got to go here pretty quick, but let me give two different tests that people can do for themselves. Well, number one that will change your life is to do the rice test, or I just did it recently with distilled water, but your voice changes your, your intentions, what you say to these rice, what you basically do is take cooked rice and put it into three brand new Mason jars um, and then t- and close it. Make sure there's an equal amount in each jar, close them. You'll never open them again, right on one of them, love right on the other one, hate, and then right on one of them, neutral. Set your alarm for sometime that you're home every day, whether it's 9 p.m. or 9 a.m., whatever, and then go to these jars and spend about 30 seconds on the love one, telling it that you love it. You have to really do it. If you're not going to do it, then don't expect results. You can't just go, I love you. Go there and tell, oh, you're so beautiful. You look great. You're amazing looking. Then do the hate one and tell, tell it off. Tell it you're, you're disgusting. I hate you. And then just leave the neutral one alone. Put them all in the same cupboard. After about two weeks, you will be shocked at how the one that you've loved is still looks edible. Looks the same as you put it in there. The one that you've been hating is now growing mold. It's disgusting. It's filthy. And the neutral one is somewhere in the middle. That When you do that for yourself, you'll realize that we are, this is why they put out all this negative news on the news. This is why it's constant racism or it's constant black versus white, left versus right. We hate Trump. We hate Biden. It's meant to bring discord because as long as we're fighting, we're actually doing damage to the world. I think it's by design. Yeah. The other test, if you really want to do something that will prove to you the shape of the earth is not what we were told um, I, I suggest doing a mirror test. And what you need for this is very simple. It's no, no, no expense really. You need a camera. You need a mirror. And I don't mean like a bathroom mirror, not like an eight by eight or not an eight inch circle, but if you can get something that's maybe a foot by a foot or even two feet by two feet, and then you just need that. And then you need a body of water where the sun is setting. And so we've done it before at the Monterey Bay. And um, I can show that real quick, actually. But uh, let me yeah, just show that. Do that. So that is the uh, free flat reality okay uh, earth explorers so they did the distance of i believe it was 18 miles <clears throat> and you can even go further than that if you get up a little bit higher but the reason you have to get up a little bit higher is because you are looking through the atmosphere but you can still get at a point where are you showing not... something can't see it oh sorry didn't see that let me think real quick here one second videos and let me find this one here it is you know, I enjoy this conversation because you don't have to be a flat earther or a globe, as we're told, skeptic or anything. You can be a globe believer if you want to, but you can still question NASA and all their lies. So this was the one hour NASA comedy lies and disappointments hour. And we have gone over more than an hour here, Jaren. I know you got to go, but show us yeah. this last image. So this is uh, the what they did across the Monterey Bay. So this is just showing if you've ever been here. Basically, you've got from where Pacific Grove is across the water to like uh, Lover's Point. That's basically Lover's Point. And then you shoot towards, what's the name of that? Uh, I forgot the name. But this is the, they have these huge towers that are enormous. But the reason that this is great is because when you get out there, it's very difficult to locate somebody uh, 18 miles away or whatever, or mm-hmm. 14 miles away. 
So what you do is if you have something behind them that you can actually do a good job of uh, lining it up. So what they did is they went out here and used this mirror. And again, when you look at the hump height, there's supposed to be a hump in between. And I don't think this is the right video. Hold on. Uh, that's when I'm practicing. So you're supposed to be a hump between you and a distance. And whatever that hump is, is usually huge when you get out to be 15 miles plus. Let me see which one it is. This one? Yeah, maybe this one. So when they go out there and they do this experiment and you shoot across, I'm trying to find where the actual view is. You can actually see the um, the flash, the mirror flash. Well, that's salt and mm-hmm. sea. That's not a place. Uh, and that mirror flash is far further out than uh, the uh, math says uh, it should be possible to see. Well, yeah, this is something yeah. different. So that's drop, right? Some, you can do a test where you're checking if something is hidden by the curve. But what mm-hmm. you what this is doing... Oh, here we go. Thank you. Oh, this is actually my video, too, um, mm-hmm. where I talked about it, where I'm kind of showing... Here's the problem with using a, a laser. is that Because a lot of people use lasers. I get it. But what happens is if somebody shoots a laser over... Let's say it's a hump like this. This is what the Glober's excuse is for this, is that if you're shooting a laser, maybe the person here is only seeing the part of the laser that comes over, and they're calling mm-hmm. that the origin. So I get that argument. Um, but what happens when you're talking about the mirror flash is if you go out and you actually do a mirror flash, go out in your front yard today with it. And this one, you can use a bathroom mirror. Use a bathroom mirror. Have somebody stand a distance away from you and flash the sun at you. And they've used this for years for communication in the Army and things like that, right? It's called a, a heliograph. And you basically flash the mirror at somebody. The second that that mirror is occulted by anything, so have that person slowly crouch behind a car or a garbage can or whatever, as soon as that mirror is covered, you lose all sight of the mirror flash. Why? Because it's a line of sight observation. So what happens is when you actually get out here and you do it, uh, did I press play? Yes. Um, you will actually see the mirror flashing. Now, again, it can't be that you're seeing it. It's not like a laser. You know, if a laser shoots, you could see how, if we saw a laser appear right here, I could see somebody saying, oh, that laser is actually coming up over the hill. Yes, but if it's a mirror flash, it cannot be that, right? So Sydney um, here is showing, oh, come on, this thing's working here. So Sydney is actually down at the ground. I mean, she's, what are you talking here? Three feet above the water, barely. And you're able to see her flashing this mirror. You see, here's Wendell. Come on. And here's the camera from the other side. The camera on the other side is, but barely three feet off the ground. Look at that whale jump. That's amazing. (laughs) So for three feet off the ground to where she is here and look at her with the mirror, she's very close um, to the ground. So we're, we're actually able to see from this distance, the mirror flashing. And again, this is not shooting a beam. It's not like a laser. A laser is a coherent light source, right? Going a distance. But when you're just flashing a mirror, and you can look this up. If you just look up heliograph, it'll say that the great thing about it and the reason the, reason the Army used it is you have to have line of sight. You can't be somewhere else and, and catch a glimpse of it or anything like that. You have to see the actual mirror. And they did it. They've done it like 190 or further miles, but they're way up in the mountains in Colorado or something. And you're saying this is like 14 miles. How many uh, how many feet 13. of curve should be hidden here? Well, if you look at the hump height, which you can go to the um, Metabunk curve calculator, there's something called a bulge or the sagita, mm-hmm. right? Which is if you draw a straight line between the two people, there's a certain amount of water that bulges up. So between 13.23 miles is a 30 foot bulge. Well, people don't realize how big 30 feet is. It's a three story house. So the chances that this person here has a mirror, this person here has a camera, the sun is setting behind this person. So the mirror is then flashing the sunlight. How is this person seeing this mirror? It's behind 30 feet. And again, you won't, you're not going to believe me until you go out and I don't expect you to and I don't want you to go out and do it for yourself. Start out. First thing you should do, go out with a friend with a mirror 
get you know flash the mirror at him the sun at him and have him have the person with the mirror occult it somehow get behind a garbage can or car when you notice that oh he's right soon as that's occulted by anything you lose all connection with the mirror you don't see any flash it's not like you see a glint appearing above the car or above the trash can it's gone it's gone completely so once you see that you're gonna go okay this is a pretty good device to use because if we go out here and this person's able to see the mirror flash it should be occulted by a huge 30-foot mound of water and it's not and so that's one where i don't think enough people um i just want to real quick before i say where's exactly the real one i'm going to show you the actual flash so you can see what i'm talking about this is my review of it maybe it's this one Mirror observation. Maybe it's this one. See if this is the one that shows. Okay, this is better. So this is yeah, the I one. That we there it is. Right. So that that's actually line of sight. Now remember, there's a 30 foot wall of water. So how is it that there you should get, be a 30 be. foot wall of water? Right. Well, let me but just show something be. here too, if I yeah. can. I want to just show before we part ways. I know we're going to lose you. So sure. this Jay Tolan uh, infrared photography is impressive because when he's up in airplanes, he's shooting images of the Earth far, far greater distances than we ought to be able to see on their fixed 24,900-mile globe math. And Mm -hmm. one of the images he shot that stuck with me because I live in the Midwest is one where he was flying over Chicago, shooting up. Within the photograph is the entire Great Lake of Lake Michigan and the Bay of Green Bay and beyond that. Now, that is not possible to see without revealing the curve if the 24,900-mile math stands up to scrutiny, if that's real. So I'm just saying that we've been lied to about everything, and I think it's, at this point, okay to be a globe, as we're told, skeptic. Because their math just doesn't stand up to scrutiny, Jaron. Where's the curve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just that uh, you, you must be able to calculate, then, if he's that high up in an aeroplane, then, yeah. of course, he can see further than if he was not. However, there's still a limit uh, because right. a, an aeroplane cannot go uh, as far up as a spacecraft uh, in low Earth orbit, for instance. So there must be some kind of limit. So if he can f- make a photograph even further out than the math allows, that's, uh, once again, something that's problematic for the official version of how the, this now, I'll tell you how they uh, get around that we are it, living on is, is, is put together. Sorry. Look at those, those mountain think, ranges. I, I wish he'd put huh? the foot. I wish he'd put the miles on here. It, it, he has in some cases, like the one and I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hundreds and hundreds He's and hundreds of miles. He's claiming to see a thousand miles. Now, again, I don't know if that's necessarily the truth, but I do know that that's because you have to. I mean, again, with infrared, you're looking. You can actually peer through some of the atmosphere that we can't do with a telescope or anything like that. But, <laughs> yeah, he's showing you can. There's curve calculators. You can just type in. Earth curve calculator, you'll get a calculator that asks you to put in your eye height. So if you're on a plane, 35,000 feet, mm-hmm. you put that in. Then you put the distance that you're trying to see. And if you put 200 miles, it's going to tell you, no, you can see all that. You put 300 mm-hmm. miles, it's going to say, yeah, you can see all that. But once, if you're at 35,000 feet, I think the number is probably around about 400 miles or so. That would be the most you could see. And then he's showing mountain ranges that are five, six, seven. Yeah, miles. okay. Now, the thing about so, it is so, their, their excuse is always refraction, right? So, Do you know if you can uh, actually uh, – um, you, you're not allowed to take a plane and go over Antarctica and do a right. – you fly south, and then you pass Antarctica, and you start flying up to the North Pole, and then you get back to where you started. That's not allowed as far as I'm concerned. You cannot go by boat. You cannot go to Antarctica. You cannot fly there. You'll be stopped somehow. Uh, by military planes from different countries, as far as I'm informed. However, I assume that some people have taken aeroplanes and flown from some place going all the way east all the time, all the way, all the west all the time, 
and then uh, land at the same place without uh, sort of having to <laughs> turn around and go back. Yeah, well, if, you, if you've ever seen a flat Earth map, look right there in the lower right-hand corner where it says, is Earth actually flat? The planes can go right, they can go east or west easily and circumnavigate. Mm-hmm. So it's just north-south that would be a problem on a flat mm-hmm. Earth. And that seems to be where the problem is on the real Earth, that we don't go look it up how many people have circumnavigated north-south. You're going to yeah. get, you know, uh, Sir Ranul Fiennes, who's like a third baronet of some country. He's the cousin of the queen. When he went to the North Pole and celebrated there, you know, Prince Charles went and saw him. Um, so he's got all these, you know, higher ups. But he's like, the, they call him the world's greatest explorer. But I've got paperwork from a court case that he was in where he had to admit to faking expeditions and faking accidents because some girl that was with him got injured during a fake accident. She actually really got injured. She actually mm-hmm. lost the court case because they said, no, you agreed to fake the accident. So you're not going to sue him now for faking the accident. But he had to admit, okay. that, yes, they faked they faked some of these accidents and expeditions. So it's just weird that it's this guy faking expeditions. Um, I watched in 2015, December, um, the guy's name was ZQ Pilot. You can still look him up. Just search ZQ Pilot. He was going for the record for quickest north-south circumnavigation, and he had something on his plane called a spider tracks where you could actually go to this website and watch everything he was doing. So I said, oh, this would be great. I want to see if we can get somebody doing north-south circumnavigation. So he flew from North Carolina down to Brazil and then stopped in Brazil, and then his next trek was supposed to be over the South Pole to go to New Zealand. So he flies from Brazil. He leaves. He gets to about the 90-degree mark, turns around, and flies back to Brazil. So he got to back to Brazil, and everybody's asking what happened. He said, oh, the weather was treacherous. I didn't want to keep going that way. So he went to Brazil. Then from Brazil, he flew across the Pacific to New Zealand, then up to Alaska, then up to the North Pole and back to North Carolina. And they gave him the record. And I said, all right, time out. That was the biggest thing to me. I said, now we're giving people circumnavigation records who didn't circumnavigate. Running to the South Pole, touching it and coming back is not circumnavigation. Circumnavigation would be crossing the North Pole. So, you know, mm-hmm. like basically if you ever play basketball, you used to run liners in gym where you have to run and touch the far line and come back. That's all he did was run and touch as far as we can. And then he came back to Brazil, then flew across the ocean, which again, works on a flat earth. The only thing that doesn't is flying across. There's a girl, I can't remember her name now. She skied to the South Pole and then turned around and went back to where she came from. So I wrote her, she had a blog and I wrote her an email and said, hey, how come you didn't just go across? To me, if I was going to ski to the South Pole, why wouldn't I just continue skiing so I could say I crossed it? not ski there and come back. And she said, oh, I tried that, but they told me it would be $70,000 more to pick me up on the other side. So I'm like, I mean, there's all these little evidences that tell me that the South is bigger than we thought. Well, um, There's no cruise ships that go from New Zealand or uh, Australia to South America. If they do, they go up along Japan, along Alaska, down the West Coast of the United States. Why don't they go across the bottom? There's no undersea cables that go from uh, Australia or New Zealand to South America, mm-hmm. which again that could be the you know they have all the sea cables go up and along the coasts well it could be because if they did tell somebody to go out there and they measured the distance on a globe and said it's six thousand miles and they went out there with six thousand miles worth of cable i think they would end up three or four thousand miles short so again there's no and people are like oh nobody wants to cruise out in the ocean like that like my dad goes on cruises all the time and he doesn't even get off the boat he just likes to gamble and drink and eat so he would be happy (laughs) on that trip it's not impossible (laughs) But um, that's, Sean, that let me sounds just like make- most Americans. Look, I know you got to go, Jaron. I want to do one more show. thing, just real topical here before we part ways, and then plug this event on March seventeenth, the True Earth Equinox Summit. Before yeah. you do that, though, last night my wife and I saw a movie. It's Guy Ritchie's latest. I think Guy Ritchie's a fantastic director, one of the top ten in the world, in my opinion. He was smart enough 
actually he was dumb enough to marry Madonna, but smart enough to divorce her. And uh, <laughs> what I'll say about Guy Ritchie is this latest movie called Operation Fortune is worth seeing. It's enjoyable. It's a popcorn movie, right? But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. In the movie... You got Jason Stratham. You got Aubrey Plaza. People might know her from that uh, White Lotus, very popular on HBO. And Hugh Grant, who plays a billionaire, a super brilliant billionaire. And he does a great job in this movie. And in the movie, Hugh Grant's character, the billionaire, has a crush on Aubrey Plaza. He likes to own things. He'd like to own her. And at one point, while trying to woo her, he says, let me show you the world. It's far, far bigger than you can imagine. And I thought that was interesting because only a well-heeled billionaire might have the keys to the castle and know the truth. People like Bezos, people like Elon Musk, you can name the names. All right. That's my topical aside of the day. Jaron, March 17th, what's happening? Yes. And if people have a question about circumnavigation and things like that, and they are interested in the true earth or flat earth, they should check out Dave Weiss's app, which is the flat earth, sun, moon, and zodiac clock app. I think it's the easiest, easiest for me to explain it to people. None of us, we're not out teaching schools. We're not out going after children. I believe in free speech. I believe in free thought. And I think that anybody trying to shut down any conversation is doing a detriment to uh, the world. So again, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. I don't expect you to. Um, but again, give it an open thought if you're interested in that. If you, I just think it's important everybody knows that there's people who do think alternative methods are maybe p- correct, and you should at least uh, give it a thought. So the event that we have on the 17th, 18th, and by the way, his app is called the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. It's in the App Store and the Google Play but that gives you a nice map that you're able to see how the stars work, how the sun and moon orbit, how, and then there's a bunch of buttons for FAQs. If you have, what about circumnavigation? What about, uh, you know, you name it, whatever it is. Why don't we see forever? Why can we only see a certain distance? All those things are uh, answered there. So yeah, we're eight days away here from uh, this event. We've got some great speakers. Amanda Vollmer will be there. Marty Leeds, Dave Murphy, if you guys know about him, David Avocado Wolf, Bro Sanchez, Sean Hibbler from Hibbler Productions. Um, Dave, Dustin Nemos, Crow Triple Seven, and Jason will be there. Iru and Zach from Globusters. Um, we've got Brian Young, who's a high impact flicks. We've got the Mellow Dome and Caleb, and we've got some entertainment from Chris Crum and Sam Tripoli is going to be doing comedy on Saturday night. And then myself and Austin Witsit are, uh, the hosts. And here's your schedule. And you can just go to Thames, T-E-M-M-S dot live if you're interested in that event. We've kind of done it in a unique way in that we want to support these speakers who may not be making money otherwise. So, the tickets are only 50 bucks and we give 20 of that to the speaker. And so okay. they do a pretty good job. They do, a, you know, Sean is somebody who promotes it for us. So Sean is a name on the list. If you go to buy a ticket, uh, there's a drop down menu. Um, so if you wanted the ticket here, general admission, once you purchase that for 50 bucks and you do credit card, you'll see there's a drop down menu right here that's mandatory and you have to select one of the speakers. And you'll see down here is SGT. So if you just select mm-hmm. SGT there, put in your name, put in your credit card and all that stuff, uh, then you can attend the event. It's a two-day event, packed full. It's the Friday and Saturday, 17th and 18th. And it's not something you have to, you don't have to watch it live. You would get access to it forever. So it'll be video on demand whenever you that want. That was one of my questions, if it was something you had to be in person or if it's something that was streamed live or if it's something that you can watch uh, afterwards. Or a right, you can watch it forever. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing that you would want to be live for is if you purchase the VIP. So the VIP, mm-hmm. because VIPs get to ask questions of the panel on Friday night and uh, also get to ask questions on Saturday. So the VIP, you know, you would want to be there live or else you'd miss the asking questions and then you kind of didn't really need to be a VIP. Let me but just say one thing. Lots of freebies, too. So just real briefly, yeah. you can mention that. But uh, I got to say, sure. Marty Leeds, one of my favorite people, had him on, I've had him on many times and I've got it's his awesome. book. 
Lord Jesus Christ is his book sitting right here in front of me on my desk. So that would be one not to miss in my view, guys. If you want to attend this, listen to what Marty Leeds has to say. He's one of my favorites. He helped wake me up to this. Uh, he's done some videos. We need to talk about Elon Musk, the de-occulting right. of SpaceX. Uh, we need to talk about Flat Earth. He's done remarkable work in my view, Jaron. Yeah, he's, a, he's amazing. All these guys are. And we, we, we handpick them because it's people that are either questioning the model, right? So they, they're just not setting their feet in and saying, no, it can't, absolutely can't be. They're open to these ideas. And then it's great. If you're somebody out there who's on the fence, come to the event and give it a chance. Give it a two-day chance. You're getting to kind of hear from a lot of these big names in the, in the movement. And if you decide at the end of it, no, all these guys are just liars and full of S, well, then that's what you decide. But I think that you'll come out with a different understanding that really we are all in this for the right reasons. We all think we've been lied to about everything. And some of these guys have some great presentations to give you that may make you change your your method of thinking or your line of thinking. And I think there's nothing better than that. The, the you know the mind of a true a truth seeker would always be open to evidence of something that they may not believe or that they're strongly against. And if you have a strong feeling against something, usually that's a sign that you might want to look into it. Yeah, that does, yeah I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're a hundred percent, a thousand percent right. Because where are we seeing evidence? of the powers that be wanting to hide the lie and maintain the lie right now, the Jan 6th footage that Tucker Carlson has released. You got Chuck Schumer and rhinos all demanding that Rupert Murdoch silence him and censor him and say it's a national security issue to let the truth be known about what really happened on January 6th. I see some parallels between that kind of behavior and the behavior of the people that want to make fun of this topic. All we're doing is having discussions. I don't know. I think that's very pro-American in my view. Yeah, and again, and one thing I also think is important is that you might be questioning the assassination of John F. Kennedy. You might be questioning 9/11. You might be questioning, uh, for instance, this uh, release of a um, virus in China. Was it from a wet market? Was it released from a bio lab? You might put a question to what kind of stuff is inside the, the things that were put in the needles that people took uh, the past three years. You might question all these things, and you might also question: Did man ever put uh, uh, their feet on the moon? If you just question some of them. You have an open mind regarding that what the officialdom tells you is not correct. So you might be sort of very fixed on some topics and more open-minded to something else. I'm definitely going to buy a ticket for this uh, and and, uh, watch them afterwards. And then uh, because I want to keep an open mind and see, well, I'm a a believer in that we live in a globe and that we can – travel uh, around it in low earth orbit i just don't believe that we can go uh, beyond the van allen belts because it's the vacuum and the radiation is simply too dangerous but the stuff that you're telling me about how you can uh, sort of uh, go across what the globe should be able to uh, allow you to and you can still see further from that i keep an open mind about that and i encourage everybody else to have the same kind of openness towards topics uh, uh, that you might think, oh, can that be true, uh, what they are saying, especially if you're questioning other stuff already told by the officialdom. Yeah, well said. Well Grossman, said yeah. 100% well said. And by the way, yeah. I think that your Lego model looks a lot better than the thing that they say they took <laughs> to the moon. Maybe Lego mm-hmm. should have been hired to build the lunar lander. I would get in that lander. lander, but I would not get in the... Uh, <laughs> lander. Actually, there are... The funny thing is, inside this one, there are two pilots uh, or two astronauts, and they can barely be in there. They cannot move around. So Lego has actually been very, very accurate. 
that's uh, about funny. this uh, this model. So uh, yeah, that's funny. John, I appreciate right. it a lot. I get another show. I know you're late for your show, Jaron. Thank um, you so much, Jaronism. I, I put the link in the chat there for the trailer if you want to play that. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you, me. sir. All right. Nice meeting you. By the way, It'd be All great right. to see you at the event. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Peace. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, Grossen, thank you so much. Appreciate you as well. Thank you. And it was uh, very fun to being uh, on. And uh, I'm honored to be on your show. I've been following you and your work for, I can't remember, something between five and 10 years, I think. Thank you so much. And uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, you've done some very nice things for me behind the scenes. Let's just say it's related to email since I got kicked off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're trying mm-hmm. to get our email list back up and running. It's been a painful yeah. process. You know, in mm-hmm. the words of NASA, we destroyed that technology, or should I say MailChimp destroyed that technology, and it's been a painful yeah. process to build it back again. Yeah, exactly. Wilson's yeah. helping me with that. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. No problem. You're welcome. And it was a pleasure being on. Thank you. Pleasure's all mine. And friends, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for tuning in and keeping an open mind. Look, you don't have to be a flat earther to question these things. You can be a globe, as we're told, skeptic, because they've lied to us about absolutely everything else. What have they told the truth about? The bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine? No. The 7-7 bombings? No. 9-11, World Trade Center 7, and the BBC reporting early about the collapse of that building? No. How about the wars they got us into in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria? Libya. Vietnam, Gulf of Tonkin. Thank you very much, Grossen. Vietnam. And how about World War One, World War Two? How about the Civil War? There's always motives behind the official story, and those motives are never revealed to the public. And uh, it does beg the question, have they lied to us about literally everything? Friends, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll leave a link below to the True Earth Equinox Summit on March 17th. And for real news every single day, you guys can visit us directly at sgtreport.com. We try real hard to provide the real news, the antidote to corporate propaganda and mockingbird mainstream media lies. May God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. We choose truth over facts. Oh, my God. They've got a madman on their hands. All men and women created by the... Go, you know the, you know the thing. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. 
Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.